a scientist. I'm not an expert in footballs. I'm not an expert in football measurements. I can't you hold on to football. It's so goddamn hard about holding on to it. Welcome, everybody, to episode five of the Fantasy Millionaires. Uh, Mike Collins, a.k.a. the Ralph Macho, and Scott Simpson, a.k.a. Nimble W Numbers. Ready to... Uh, What's up? Yeah, ready to get into uh, rounds nine through 11. But before we do that, we got some hot topics. Um, we're going to do takeaways from the Democratic and Republican National Conventions, doxing. Hong Kong fugitive extradition and how to deal with political divisions in your home league. You ready to go? Oh, oh, you know, honestly, we we actually have a burgeoning division in our home league related to the schism in our country. So let's tuck right. Oh, I'm getting. Well, I'm getting. How worried. about no? no. Okay, we're not. Yeah. We're pulling out of that. How we're about pulling out? Okay. Yeah. We're gonna come back to that after the draft this Sunday at seven thirty at my man Mike Collins's house. We might have to get some of that live streamed. Because your boy is a fugitive online, and I will I will stream some stuff, and uh, it'll be fun. So how, tune in yeah. this Sunday night. It's gonna be wild. Yeah. How about psych? Psych to all that. <laughs> psych. My scope. My periscope will be lit on Sunday night, folks. Just stay tuned. Oh yeah. Yep. We'll be secretly yeah. filming our friends without their permission. That's how I always secretly film my friends without their permission. Hey. You know. And they're not acting. Right. No, no, no. I mean, I think the last several drafts, there's actually been uh, picture footage of me uh, drawing dongs on my friend Dan. You know, that, that happened multiple times. And, uh, you know, so it's going to be a fun draft. Some of us are going to be sober, like you and I, sober minded, ready to go. And we know our, guys our in rounds friend. nine through 11 were prepared. And there's other guys who are going to be nine through 11 beers deep at this yeah. time in their draft and our draft. And you and I'll be plying them with booze. I can't wait for it, man. It's going to be brilliant. Yes. Plying is the word. <laughs> yes. Right. They will it's be going to be, they will be plied, pl plowed, fully upon. plied. Uh, yeah. I'm bringing two Sharpies and a, and a long stick so I don't have to get too close. I can socially distance and be responsible in the backyard. But we digress. Let's actually get to the main meat of the show, uh, and that is going to be rounds 9 through 11. We talked the first couple of episodes through the first eight rounds, really solidified those winners that you want to pick up, those key guys. You know, you got Calvin Ridley we identified in there. Um, we did not identify Leonard Fournette, thankfully. Uh, at least I did not identify Leonard Fournette. We can get to that later. Um, but there's there's a lot that we went through that is excellent content. Go back and listen to that. It is on YouTube. It is uh, on the Fantasy Millionaires YouTube channel, and it is worth tucking into, particularly the first couple rounds, because I think in there you really get to see uh, our strategy develop and how we're thinking. And, and Mike has his own strategy, and I have my own strategy, and we're going to kind of lay it bare in this round uh, in these rounds as well. So, Mike, why don't you jump in right away? Yeah, rounds nine through eleven tonight. Um, now we are uh, we're starting to sort through diamonds in the rough. Um, so again, we're going to kind of get into strategy before we um, get into our guys for these rounds, um, and that's going to involve some tight end talk. This is this, this is these are the rounds to pick tight ends. Um, the, you 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 have to get them on your team in these rounds. So, um, you know the 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 way that you you know we've been drafting, we're building an anti 
we're drafting to try and build anti-fragility and tight ends are just the least important position on your fantasy team. If you're lucky enough to have gotten Mark Andrews, um, Kelsey, um, Kittle, then, you know, you're set there, but most teams are not going to be set yet. So, no, um, they're, we're going heavy into tight ends tonight's show. Yeah. And I I think we're just going to call it, you know, uh, you need your ends to be tight, you know, because that, that really, if you're not getting Kelsey or Kittle or Andrews, and, and I think I, I've, I've got them on all my teams and I, I've done, I'm going to, I'm going to peel back the curtain. I'm doing about 50 drafts this year, at least counting best ball, maybe 60 drafts I've been in. Uh, and I've just started warming to getting Kittle and Kelsey in that second round instead of a wide receiver or running back. It's kind of tricky. You know, you feel like, Oh, I'm going to miss out, you know, but I've been getting them. Last draft I just did, I started running back Kittle, Mark Andrews. This isn't a 14 team league, you know, industry uh, draft, and I could not be happier. I got Mark Andrews in the third. He is just going to kill. But if you don't have one of those three guys, you need to get, you need to double up in the later rounds. You need to have two bullets in your gun. Maybe you don't pick them up in this exact sequence. Maybe you don't go like back to back picks, but you need to get somebody in at least nine through 12, two tight ends. Because you don't know who's going to be there. Uh, but I think we've got some guys that we want to share and showcase today that you could pick up and that are going to give you a bump over your competition. Yeah, so, you know, the goal is um, now that we're into rounds 9 through 11 for the tight ends, you're you're trying to pick up that tight end that could get you 200 points, you know. And so the way that we're, you know, the way that we're moving through our ranks is, is who's going to – you know, who's going to be that guy that gets you, you know, 14 points per game. I mean, you know, Darren Waller, um, Evan Ingram, those guys are going to, they're going to be in that range. You know, Evan Ingram, you know, of course he has his injury history, but, um, now you're trying to pick up a guy that, that, you know, it, the shelf falls off quick with these guys, right? you know, right. I mean, you go, you go from Kelsey at, 16 down to tight end 11 and they're averaging less than nine points per game. So, right. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big, it's, it's, this is, if you have been able to draft your whole team up until this point and you need a tight end, you want to get, you know, an eight through 12 tight end, you know? And so we're just kind of ranking in that, in that or who has the best shot to be that guy you know right and 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 so also in these rounds as far as strategy goes i mean one thing that you're also kind of looking at is there are worthwhile handcuffs to get in these rounds too you know like or committee members or committee members as well you know people who are you know, in, in a lock share, maybe they're getting thirty percent, forty percent. Somebody else is getting that Zach Moss types. You know. Yes, yes. I um, I think there's five worthwhile committees. You have um, Chubb and Hunt, Taylor Mack, Swift, Carryon Johnson, Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, and Singletary and Zach Moss. Those are those are the the main committees in 2020, and then. Kind of your four important handcuffs, the way I'm ranking them, are Madison, Latavius Murray, Boston Scott, and Tony Pollard. 
Um, Love Tony Pollard. Yeah, I have Shut him. Up. I have him as the the worst handcuff strictly because I don't think Zeke's gonna get in. It's not. It's not based on talent. Uh, I just don't believe Zeke's gonna get injured. You know. Right. Um. So. It, you know, it's kind of when you're looking at a handcuff, you're looking at somebody that, um, you know, that's why Madison for me and Murray's almost Latavius Murray is almost it's it, you're moving into the committee range there. So those are kind of like in their own tier to me. And then, you know, we've heard some injury news about Miles Sanders. So Boston Scott has moved up in my mind. Um, but with Tony Pollard, Zeke's already had that COVID. Right. He's, he's got the antibody. Yeah, he's ready to go. He's good. I saw his video on, on YouTube where he was like, uh, or on Twitter or whatever it was, he was just being all drunk at his computer. You know, that, that sounds like a guy who was, you know, doing okay. Yeah, he was, personally. Get, he was getting drunk while battling COVID, allegedly. Alle all allegedly. Yeah, it's, it's alleged. As much. Well, I'm gonna say our whole show is alleged. So yeah. I mean, if you didn't hear the beginning of our show, then, you know, yes, none yes. of this is completely serious. So alleged. Who's yeah. gonna say that? We should put that in the theme song. This is everything yeah. is alleged. Right. We should just say, hey, you, like between me and you, we say that everyone knows this is alleged, right? And then yes. you know, then they know. But I mean, it's well, implicit. We, yeah. we, we're highbrow. We're not we're not lowest common denominator, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pull back the curtain. Um, the fantasy millionaires are alleged fantasy millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot hey. of alleging going on here. Right. I'm allegedly wearing a biggie sweater. I mean, there's a, there's a lot. There's a lot going on, you know. Mucho alleging. Oh. Mucho allegedly. Well, you know, I, and we also later on in the show as well as we're kind of giving you the the uh, the agenda. You know, we're also going to kind of peek into some of those uh, those running backs who don't form uh, you know the bulkhead of the committee, but who who might come out of the committees. You know, so you know, Damian Harris, you know, uh, Lamar Miller, Sony Michelle's a bunch of trash in there. So you know, the Patriots are their kind of own beast. We'll kind of get into that, and then yeah. we have some some wide receiver rookie upside that we want to get into uh, before we jump into wide receiver two theory a little bit and then get into our bread and butter and that is three tweets. So if you get drunk and pass out and, and you know, you want to wake up to hear three tweets, set your alarm for about, you know, an hour from now uh, and then drunk pass out, you know, do your thing, wake up, three tweets will be blaring in your ear. You'll love it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, so a lot of strategy talk, um, Again, this is these are the tight end rounds. These are potential handcuff, um, good committee members. They're still, um, you know, Zach Moss, maybe Marlon Mack still available. J.K. Dobbins is probably still available. Um, so you know that's the strategy of these rounds. Um, but my man Scott Simpson has yes, sir. pioneered his own theory. And it is called wide receiver two theory. And that is one of the uh, the key points of strategy that we wanted to talk before we we uh, we got into how we're doing tight ends and then our four must get guys in these rounds. So what is wide receiver two theory, Mr. Scott Simpson? 
Oh, I love that. Thank you, sir. Well, you know, I, I'm not going to say that I came up with this completely on my own. Uh, this past offseason, J.J. Zacharyzen uh, tweeted out him and Denny had a mailbag. You know, they wanted to get some questions into their mailbag to discuss. And I asked him, has anyone ever done a study on the draft, the ADP uh, positional rankings of wide receiver ones that are drafted as the wide receiver ones compared to the wide receiver twos and how often do they hit, miss, you know, what have you. And he said, no, no one's ever done that. That sounds interesting. You should look into it. So, you know, if JJ Zacharyson says to do something, <laughs> I do it. That's just kind of how it works. So I spent some time this summer and I back mapped the last uh, six seasons. And not that I couldn't have gone deeper, but I've seen a recurring pattern. And what it is, is that it, overall, there's about, a, a, and this give or take, there, there's range in this, but let's say about a a 60% to 55% accuracy rate of picking wide receiver once. And just to give you guys some example of what that actually practically looks like, I have pulled up on my screen just some of my data from last year. Uh, and in this, I have the projected wide receiver ones and then who actually finished as the wide receiver ones. And so, you know, for example, you have some some variance in, in, in with, you know, Stefan Diggs being drafted slightly behind, slightly behind uh, Adam Thielen last year. It wasn't a huge gap. You know, he was drafted last year at 307. I think Adam Thielen was a little bit higher, uh, 304, something like that. So him finishing as a wide receiver uh, one, okay, that, that doesn't really stand out, right? But we also have Chris Godwin, who's being drafted in the fourth round, who got wide receiver one, Jarvis Landry, wide receiver one, Jamison Crowder, wide receiver one. And as you look down this list, Terry McLaurin, wide receiver one, DJ Shark, wide receiver one, um, all these different receivers – were drafted as the wide receiver two on their team, and they finished as the wide receiver one. Cooper Cup was drafted crazy as the wide receiver three. Uh, Deontay Johnson was drafted as the wide receiver three. And A.J. Brown was drafted as the wide receiver three. So I, I, I realize that that is uh, not always indicative every single year, but I noticed that there was enough of an edge and a value. Uh, and as I started listening to my guys, Mike Tagliere and Kyle Yates over at the Fantasy Pros, uh, they had on Joe Pizzapi, and he – uh, he explained to people that you're always looking for those wide receiver twos who are going to jump up into the wide receiver one conversation. Same with RBs, but with wide receivers, uh, you know, it, there's a little bit more variance in, in what happens, I believe, because the running back one normally, unless there's an injury, uh, like Zeke, you said it's going to be the the, the RB one in Dallas. That's pretty clear, yeah. you know. And so uh, I reached out to him and kind of just shared, you know, some of my guys this year who I thought um, were going to make that jump. He shared some of his guys. Uh, and, and I'll share a little bit of that later, the exact guys. Just stick around if that's called tease. Uh, but overall, what you're looking for in this model that I've developed is you're looking for those guys who are being undervalued. Yeah. And that's right where we're coming in today with a few of our guys that are in those rounds. Particularly, we both identified somebody in, in C.D. Lamb who is being drafted as the wide receiver uh, three on that team. And for me, I think he has – wide receiver one upside weekly. Now, I mean, he's not going to get as many targets as Amari Cooper, um, but DallasCowboys.com News ranked him as the number one wide receiver. And, you know, before my computer crashed, before we were starting all this, I, I had it pulled up. And so, oh, I found it. So this is excellent. So let me just read what they have to say. Uh, this is not me. This is Dallas Cowboys spin machine, which is fine. But yeah. I don't think they'd be saying this if it wasn't true. So here's what they said. C.D. Lamb, number one. In terms of electrifying practices, Lamb was voted as the best receiver in camp. He routinely turns out a highlight real catch 
and has the ability of doing it in a variety of ways. Lamb even caught a screen pass that was way behind his head, but used his left hand to snag it and keep running his route. He's made plays over the middle and definitely down the field. Lamb has shown the ability to get open in the red zone as well. Overall, he's made play after play and is living up to the hype of being the Cowboys' first-round pick and the next in line to wear number 88. Now, DallasCowboys.com, you're getting fluff on that. Well, the Dallas Cowboys defense last week gave up three red zone touchdowns to C.D. Lamb on three possessions. He went three for three with three in a row. I mean, listen, I'm not saying he's going to get you 12 touchdowns. I'm saying he has the potential, though, to get you wide receiver two numbers more consistently than he's probably going to get you wide receiver three numbers. That That's just me. That's me calling my shot. And, and saying that's somebody who I think fits this model, who I like as a candidate for this. What are your thoughts on him? Because yeah. you did share, you also like Mr. Lamb. So one of the things that's interesting about wide receiver two theory is there was a tweet. I can't remember who put it out there, but over the last like 15, 20 years in the NFL, there's on average four teams that support two wide receiver top 24s in fantasy and so it's very uncommon and dallas was the team one of the teams last year that did it um i love cd a cd lamb it's it's the millionaires if he's still available to you know in not in rounds nine through eleven, take him with your first pick. You know, um, you I, I think depending on your team or what you, what you have as far as depth, he can go earlier. Um, I, I look at CD Lamb, and I think he is a great, he's a great example to, kind of showcase what wide receiver two theory is because, um. If you're getting a guy in the ninth round that ends up getting you, you know, 250 or more points, that's a that's just a huge advantage for your team. So to me, CeeDee Lamb, I rank him as the third wide receiver on that team. But last year, so he's going to take Randall Cobb's position. Last year, Randall Cobb had 83 targets, 55 receptions, and 828 yards. They almost had three wide receivers with over 1,000 yards on their team last year. Right, right. And that's Randall Cobb. I mean, Randall Cobb, yes. Randall Cobb has been playing for, like, a long time. So you're talking about, you're talking about just a major upgrade. Um, yeah, so much faster than Randall Cobb. He would get tired running down the field and have to take a break. Right. Yeah, that and that's why Randall Cobb didn't finish so high is because he only had three TDs. So it tackled him every time at the ten yard line. If Ceedee Lamb can break some of these slant routes, which he has the ability to do, uh, he definitely fits into this wide receiver two category and Dallas. Um, I think they're going to win their first playoff game in a long time this year. I, I they just look yeah. like a monster team. Yes, 
they're my, I hate to say this. They're my pick to win the Super Bowl. Uh, that that's my pick. I'm, I, unless there's, I mean injuries, COVID, whatever. I mean, you know, notwithstanding, fine. But they're my they're my pick. I hate to say it, but they on offense. I can't think of a group of five players that are better at their skill positions collectively. At six, counting you know Dak. I don't think you have a better set of wide receivers. I don't think you have a better, more athletic tight end, and then Zeke. You know, and so if they can stay healthy and, and really distribute the ball and do a good job of kind of balancing that offense, they, they, Dak's going to step up and he's going to go, "Oh, who's getting one-on-one coverage on this play?" <laughs> and then he's going to throw an 80-yard touchdown to that player, whoever that is. I'm, I'm just saying, I think that my guy C.D. Lamb will finish. I think he'll finish ahead. I'm just. I, I like him ahead of Amari Cooper. I'm not going to draft him ahead of Amari Cooper, but I, if he ends up better than Amari Cooper, I'm not going to be surprised because Amari Cooper's not a red zone threat. You don't go to Amari Cooper in the red zone. Amari Cooper catches his balls in space, and he is gone, and you do not touch him. So so C.E. So Lamb. And, and C.E. Lamb can get those big old hands that you like to talk about. Did, did you do a hand profile on C.E. Lamb? He actually, his measurables, there's nothing that really jumps out. Um, it's all just film. I think he's in like nine, a quarter. There's not like, if you look at what he is, he's six, two, he's 200 pounds. He runs a four, five 40. I think his hands are like nine and a quarter. There's yeah, no, there, yeah, there's nothing. It, the thing about CD lamb is just, he puts it all together. Though. Yeah. Right. Like Jerry rice didn't have great measurables. You know, so, um, you know, he has instinct, right. He has, he has talent uh, as a wide receiver. And, um, you know, a lot of people thought he was, he should have gone number one, you know, I mean, uh, as far as the wide receiver draft class, I personally, um, you know, I've been hearing about this guy for forever. So I'm very excited to see what he's going to do on the Cowboys. And the other thing about the Cowboys too, with Mike McCarthy as their coach, he is a completely different offensive mind than Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett is old school pound the rock, you know? Um, So if you look at that offense last year with a head coach that has a run first mindset, I, I, I just, I Dallas is definitely a team I'm very interested in, and I want shares of everybody on that offense on my team. So, heck yeah! And here's something that's going to confirm that. I mean, it sounds crazy, but uh, the two teams that have the most vacated targets from last year, uh, and this is from John, not John Dangle, but really John Dangle uh, from Roto World. Love him. Shout out. Uh, he created a tool that I colorized, and I have it up on my screen right now that I'm sharing. The Atlanta Falcons are number one with 258 targets vacated. That's why I love uh, Calvin Ridley this year, and Hayden Hurst is in, in my uh, top tier of tight ends. The Cowboys are number two. They have 190 vacated targets. They have nine targets, or 45% of them are inside the 10 targets vacated. I, I think that C.D. Lamb picks up a bunch of those. Also, they got 32% of their air yards need to be accounted for. If you want to put C.D. Lamb in a good position to score, give him some air, give him the ball, he'll take some yards, and he'll get a touchdown. So this is this is an opportunity, and I think that's what we're really looking for in these offenses. And 
I'm not saying he's better than Amari Cooper. I'm not saying he's a more seasoned uh, professional. I think there's just a, a better opportunity for him to bust out at his ADP. I think you're looking at three amazingly skilled p- players, and I wouldn't be surprised if any one of them's the wide receiver one. But with that being said, if I'm not surprised any of them's the wide receiver one, he's the cheapest, by far the cheapest, I think the best value you can get out of those wide receivers. So he fits my model for value, also fits my model for breakout. But he's not the only one who does that this year. You know, in the Houston Texans offense, they've got candidates for breakout. Arizona Cardinals as well, you know, with Christian Kirk. So there's a lot of different players that fit this model and a lot of different teams that do. Uh, I'll come back at the end and I'll, I'll give you a few that uh, Joe Pizzapi liked and who I liked as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if, if you want to go with Cash's guys that I think fit the wide receiver two model, I think Nicole Hardman is somebody who fits the wide receiver two model. I mean, if anybody's going to have – two wide receivers in the top 24 for fantasy. Why not the Kansas city chiefs? You know? Um, yeah, I think he's somebody that you can get in these rounds. That's, um, again, the upside is huge. Um, I think my boy golden Tate is somebody I think you can get in these rounds and he's just tried and true and he could be, you know, he could be a fringe wide receiver too, you know. I, I, I bet he'll end up right around there. Um, you, you convinced me, by the way. You know, off-air talk. No, no it, radio insider. Uh, but you, you have convinced me. You've been pushing for him, so I included him in my rankings. He snuck in uh, to my rankings at at ten zero nine. So he is he is there. I agreed with you. He did fit my model. The thing I'm concerned about was Daniel Jones in that situation and just his consistency, particularly with his offensive coordinator being a terrible play caller in Jason Garrett. Uh, and so I'm, I'm a little bit worried. I think the, the market has gone down on Daniel Jones. His ADP uh, is not where it used to be. I remember he was the hot you know, new girlfriend in the summer. There's pictures of him out kind of drinking, being cooler than Eli. And like, they're like, ah, this guy's kind of cool. Uh, but you know, his ADP has slipped, you yeah. know, he, he is going uh, much later than he was before. And, uh, you know, for me, he's just not somebody who I'm, I'm going to be dipping my toe in the pool. So uh, I'm a little worried, but I, I like Darius Slayton too. I think Darius Slayton, I have him ranked above Sterling Shepard. I don't like Sterling Shepard. He gets hurt. He's not consistently on the field. I need somebody who's going to be on the field. So uh, yeah, Tate fits your model and then Slayton kind of fits my model on the other side too. So same offenses we're looking at, just kind of different pieces of the puzzle. Yep. Yep. I think um, John Brown is another one that, you know, has a shot at that. Um, with Deontay Johnson, we talked about it last week. He's hurt right now, right? So he he doesn't he doesn't have the inside track to do that anymore. James Washington might though, yeah. you know. So he he he's in that same position like your guy John Brown, who has somebody who is obviously the number one that everyone says is the number one, but is he really going to be the number one? Yeah. So what, what's your case for John Brown? Why do you like him? Um, I mean, he's just. He's got wheels, dude. I mean, he's got wheels. And if Josh Allen improves with his accuracy, now you have you you have to deal with Stefan Diggs, you know. So I think he just fits into that model of, you know, this the defenses are gonna focus more on Stefan Diggs. So it's gonna leave him uh, the thing about Josh Allen is he has a cannon, so it's it's all about, you know, does he step up in terms of you know, delivering the football. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't love, I don't love John Brown. I mean, I just think he, he fits into that model where he, he, you know, it's a possibility. Um, 
I put Justin Jefferson at the end of uh, the 11th round too because Kirk Cousins has supported. He has, um, you know, he has done it in the past, had two wide receiver, uh, you know, wide receiver one, wide receiver two. And, um, you know, he, he has, if you look at last season, he, whatever was going on offensively stopped midway through the season and um, they just completely changed their game plan. And Kirk Cousins is an accurate passer. So I, I think Justin Jefferson is somebody that you can get nice and late that, that fits into that model too. But um, yeah, I mean, besides that, you know, um, for me, I guess the only other person that I think, Anthony Miller, you know, he's somebody too that, um, I mean, that offense has got awful, but, uh, mm. you yeah. know, it, yeah, he fits into that, um, you know, ready to take a jump metric too. So, yeah. um, yeah, we'll see a lot of to him. A lot of people do like Anthony Miller. I, if Nick Foles gets the job, I think the whole bears offense gets upgraded. I don't like Trubisky. He looks like a deer in headlights, or he looks like Johnny Unitas. So he needs to be a much more consistent player. And I don't think they're gonna they're gonna you know his, pick up his contract. I think he is done. This is his last year. That's my thought. This is it for him. Uh, I just I don't believe in him. So I'm I'm Team Foles. I know Foles isn't great, but he's a game manager. And just get it to the skill players. Get it to Tyreek Cohen in, in space. I mean, we need to talk to to Matt Nagy about how to actually develop some space you have Cordell Patterson on your team you have Tariq Cohen on your team you have Allen Robinson on your team you have Anthony Miller on your team and you can't get them the ball yeah like goodness gracious man like the, what what a, a terrible blot on you it's not Adam Gase level stuff but all those guys are competent players and you know I think that Anthony Miller if he gets some competent coaching too which we all assume we're all like penciling him in for the right amount of targets and then you realize he's in an offense with a, a terrible coach so you know so again, when I'm building my model or my my when I'm you know developing how to pick and I'm I'm ordering these picks in the ninth round, basically the way I ended up evaluating these players beyond their projection is now it's upside. You know, this is yeah. this is why not start taking a chance even more on players in these rounds that you see a lot of the upside on. Um, so your guys, the guys right. you want on your team. Yeah. When I'm, when I'm, when I'm doing, um, you know, rankings, I'm looking at a draft board and I'm, I'm picking each player and trying to make 12 perfect teams. And yeah. when you're getting into the ninth round, Wide receiver two theory to me, if you look at how I did things in the ninth round, yeah, it, I the person I didn't highlight that I think is probably the most likely to fit into that wide receiver two besides CD Lamb is Preston Williams. Um, yeah, I, I so if you're looking at how I'm yeah if if you're looking at how I'm ranking, I'm ranking at CD Lamb, Preston Williams, Nicole Hardman, and then I have. Um, you know, Curtis Samuel and Golden Tate as the uh, the guys that I think 
you could get late and get a lot more value for than yeah um you know than where their where their ADP is so yeah no and and I have you know I've gone this is what's cool about doing a show with your best friend who you talk to regularly about fantasy football you just you 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 uh, sharpen each other and so for me I've listened to you and I've moved CD Lamb up into the eighth round Nicole Hardman's up in the eighth round where AJ Green is. Uh, Brandon Cooks is in there for me. So there, there are a couple picks ahead, like three or four picks ahead of where you have them. So relatively close. Um, but I really do love Preston Williams. Uh, and so, you know, for me, Preston Williams is somebody who I have in the seventh round, which is kind of crazy because, you know, he uh, he's you can get him later. But I think that that's his to me, that's his value. And I think that he's going to get a lot of targets and, and he's going to, I, I, I'm predicting him for about 110, 15, 115 targets. If he can get 75 catches, he can get over a thousand yards. He can get seven touchdowns. He's going to be a wide receiver too. He's going to fit into my theory. Uh, shout out Jason Sarney, Jason Sarney, my man. Uh, he called it last year. He called, he wrote an article and he published and I can share with everybody that said he would make the team not only would make the team, he would be a starter. So, you know, this this guy, uh, I'm a believer in him, too. He came back really fast from his ACL tear. He was on a tear before he had a tear. I think he even had, like, two touchdowns in the game. He, he tore it. So it's, this guy is a beast, and uh, I think he is going to do well, and I love that you have him up there. Uh, I, I went a little crazy with it, though, to so, be honest. So, uh, the, so basically, you know, we've kind of given you wide receiver, too. I think we're going to – We'll wrap up with our tight end talks, but I think why not just – let's just go in and, and pick – so we said C.D. Lamb is must guy I have in this round. I'll tell yeah. you my must guy I have in this round that, you know, I'm – you know, if you're looking at ADP, I'm going ahead of ADP on this guy is Antonio Gibson. That's mm. – Yeah. That, that, is, that is someone that he's going to still be around at this point and – I am very excited to get him in the BFFs league. I am getting Antonio Gibson. You mother BFFer. He's got. He's going on my squad, dude. He is going mm. on my squad. Mm. So, um, yeah. I mean, the Redskins. Sorry, not the Redskins. That's wrong. Can't see the that. Washington Football Team. The Washington Football Team. From Washington, but really not from <laughs> yeah. Washington. From they play in Maryland, and then then they train in Virginia, and they drive around DC. They don't even go through DC to get to. The, never mind. I'm sorry. The more I keep hearing about him, you know, we live in that we live in the the DC metro area, so we're we're tuning into, yeah, we're tuning into that as far as local news. Um, this guy, to me has the potential to get you over 240 points in a league mm. like we play in. Um PPR machine he could be. He's he's got a 439-40 time. He's I I saw different heights on him. Um he's anywhere from 61 to 62. Uh 220 pounds. So he's a big boy. And Ron Rivera is basically saying that they're going to use him in some completely hybrid way that is still yet to be revealed so i mean you can just imagine you know that that percy harvin type role um but the thing that is really exciting to me is that all the beat reporters are saying that he's 
he he has three down back potential. Like he might end up being the the workhorse back on that offense. Now, if you have a guy that's going to be the work, because I mean, what 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 are they going to do? That team is if they want to win football games. Adrian Peterson is not how you're going to win football games, you know, and I was kind of excited about Bryce Love this year. And now there's rumors that he might get cut. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Antonio Gibson. I saw those rumors, by the way. (laughs) Did you? (laughs) I did hear them from you. So. <laughs> yeah, you're the you're my source actually, so I have no idea. <laughs> no, so here's here's what it is: is that he's being edged out. He's not going to be cut necessarily, but I, the the word on the street is that uh, McKissick is getting more reps in practice than he is, mm-hmm. and he he's so here's the thing: in the NFL, you don't dress four running backs unless the fourth running back is going to run down on the punt team or on the kickoff team and try to tackle somebody. Uh, I don't think Bryce Love's going to do that. I don't think he's going to be a tackling dummy. So my thought would be he wouldn't dress. And so he went from a nice stash in Dynasty to, ugh, you know. But I think Gibson, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think he has the potential to, you know, let's say you have Peterson on first down and then he runs in to the his butt of the lineman and falls down, loses a yard, whatever, and gains two yards, whatever, right? So then you bring, you know, your boy Gibson in, and then he's a little scat back. He's a little H back. He lines up in the slot behind us, uh, a tight end. And then they run a screen for him down the field or whatever. They do something. And then next thing you know, he's in the backfield. He's just running the ball. Like he can do it all. So that when you're going down the field, you can just plop him around your offense. It's like a Swiss Army knife. And so yeah. those guys stay on the field because they can line up anywhere. And that gets a mismatch on the defense. So, man, you're not getting them because I'm getting them. I got them at, uh, wait, wait, let me check. You ranked him at. Oh, 904. I got him at 903, man. Sorry. That means um, I get him in the BFFs. Did you oh. did you see the video of uh Adrian Peterson just getting pwned by Chase Young? Have you seen that one yet? No, I, I sadly, well not sadly. I, I'm, I'm not gonna say that. I loved I love my job today. I got to work today for the first time and, and, and actually teach. And I spent my day teaching, not online, not tweeting, not being involved in any nefarious, you know, fun, you know, Washington football team news. But I would love for you to send me that tweet later in the day, good sir. Yeah, it, it, honestly, there was a lot of hype over it. Um, but he does pwn. I like. I want to see it. Yeah, I, that's how it I go. Get, it gets you so excited for Chase Young, dude. I'm I'm very excited for him. So, um, well, Antonio Gibson, CD Lamb, CD Lamb is a millionaire's consensus. Is Antonio Gibson a millionaire's consensus? If if you get one, I'm getting the other. We're we're, we're fighting these guys out. I mean, our our team in the BFFs is going to be redonkulous. We're going to come back and share all the guys we plied with alcohol and all the guys that we we you know let them know who we should draft and uh, you know we're going to take it from them. They're not listening to this. They're they're, they're too good for us. So um, I'm so glad we're drafting far apart. All right, so let's so we have time to get into tight ends because that is a, a worthwhile that's a, that's a bulk yeah. of the the conversation. Yeah. Um. Heavy lifting from the tight end. I wanted to say um, that my second person that I'm recommending drafting in this round is no longer my 15th pick off the board. Uh, I am now putting Mr. Leonard Fournette at the Mm -hmm. end of the 10th round. Major fantasy news today. Leonard Fournette cut. (laughs) Unbelievable. No reason. 
unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, I was blown away when you sent me that tweet earlier today. I was like, what the heck? I wanted to blow you away. That's why I sent you that tweet earlier today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It worked. I, I, I just like, I, I could not believe it. And uh, I'm going to give a shout out. I want to shout out Tyler O at FF Tyler O. He's the owner of Fantasy Hot Read. Um, we were going back and forth I on like, the, I like him. Yeah, we were, we were going back and forth on the Twitters. Um, cause you were teasing me about Chris Thompson getting red zone carries. And I was like, ah, whatever. That's not a big deal. And I remember. He, he put it in there. He said, I, this was two days ago. He said, I heard he was going to get cut. And, um, you know, the guys that established the run, Evan Silva, Adam Levitan, they both, had a discussion evan silva was like it's you know i wouldn't be surprised if he got cut um wow yeah i don't know how these guys knew that um i listened to it i listened to the rest of the stuff they said and i just completely disagree a hundred percent um hate to go against those guys but i am a leonard Fournette truther um and i I saw a video today of Leonard Fournette truthers um, on the Twitters where, you know, that tweet where it's like the African guys carrying a coffin yeah. and they're like, yeah, that's me. I'm in that coffin and I'm being carried around by the African guys to the weird disco music. Well, I hope they, I hope they brought you over to my Twitter where I did Mr. Chow going, hey, hey mama. You know, I, I got a little Mr. Chow going. I said to all the Fournette truthers out there. So that was you. I was that was just for you, actually, because I know you like the Hangover. So, dude, <laughs> where's he? Dude, I mean, uh, to me, this is this is like the craziest news to happen right now. I mean, I have to go. You're back. not alone, by the way, thinking that. You people are like, what are they doing? What is this? This is nuts. Oh no, the, I mean, like. It, it, where's he gonna go where i mean this this affects right. the whole fantasy landscape you know what what if yeah. what if the chiefs get him what if what if philadelphia picks him up you know right um well you know j just for fun uh my guy nick over big dogs gotta eat shout out big dogs love those guys he tweeted out top top landing spots he said uh carolina dallas New Orleans, the Giants, Tennessee, Minnesota Vikings, just to like mess with people, just to cause an uproar, just to be a jerk. I love it. Love it. This is New Jersey coming out of him. And, and they got all, everyone got pissed at him. And he just like, he blew it off on his pod, just said it was so funny. I loved it. It was great. Because yeah, what's he going to do? He's going to ruin somebody's fantasy team. Two peoples. He's going to ruin two peoples. One, you already drafted him, like a guy in my league did on on last Saturday. He drafted him, and now the other guys drafted Chris Thompson. And I, I wanted to get him in like the 14th, and I decided to get somebody else. I should have gotten him, but you know what? Hindsight's you know amount a million percent. But yeah, crazy crazy dealings today. That that team is so garbage now without him. I I can't believe it. And the other thing is is that. They're trying to, you know, they're they're acting like he has this really expensive contract. It's he, here are players getting paid more than him: Tevin Coleman, Giovanni Bernard, Jordan Howard, Duke Johnson. I mean, the, he's 
in the middle of the, you know, of the top 30 backs, he's like, he would be, I think, 15th or 16th as far as salary. So, yeah. Um, there's a lot of teams with cap space out there that the Patriots have a ton of cap space. That's I, I honestly think it's going to be the Patriots or the Washington football team. Those are the, the to me, those are the two most likely candidates. They both have a lot of cap and they both could use somebody like Leonard Fournette. I, I and I just don't get it. I don't get it. I'm a truther. Everyone's saying he's so garbage that he falls down as soon as he gets hit. You know, meanwhile, he's got fifth in yards after contact last year. You know, he has, you know, he's he's slow and he always gets caught. He has 31 runs of 10 plus yards or more. Fifth again. Um, seventh in rushing last year. Fifth in receiving yards. Eight in yards created. I mean, I don't understand all the Leonard Fournette hate. Well, you know, I think I think the thing that happened last year that blew him up is he had a hundred targets, which really, you know, that that made him a, a top fifteen back, top you know eighteen back. But those targets are gone. Chris Thompson took his value away, and that was that's part of his value. You know, he had uh, almost you know twelve hundred yards rushing last year. He he, he ran at three point four, which is his great his best yards per carry. He went three nine three three. No, which it was four God three. Awful. He was four point three, four point three yards per carry last 4. year. Yeah, yeah, he improved a whole yard from the year before. I don't think he's trash. I think what happens is when you running backs, uh, they are there's a lot of good running backs. Uh, sadly, Jacksonville doesn't have any of them. So I, I understand Jacksonville doing this if they had like a good running back and they were like, hey, we we have. Uh, your boy Gibson. We could take him. We got Antonio Gibson. Get rid of Fournette. They don't have that. So Dude, I don't know what they're doing. They're going to lose. They're tanking for Lawrence. I'm pretty sure that's what they're doing. There's not a lot of good running backs at his level. I, I don't I, – he was on the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he was he was their only weapon, you know? I, I, right. I mean the, – defenses were stacking the box against him the entire time he had the seventh most attempts and he still had 4.3 yards per carry so i just don't get it i do not understand why people are down on him i listened to them you know at establish the run and you know i read articles about different people who are evaluating him and they just say things that aren't true like He's slow and it, it, like they don't blame any of that on the offense. I mean, he if you look at playerprofile.com and you look at formation specific defenses versus him, average yeah. defenders in the box, number four, stack front carry rate, number five. I mean, they were they knew scheming against him. They were again. They were scheming for him the, the entire time. And he still and he had a bad season before. Uh, the year before because he was injured. He played half a season. If you look at the traje trajectory of his season, he was on pace to be a top 12 back. He was number yeah. eight in our league last year. Yeah. He was on uh, pace to be top 12 and he was top 12 the year before that. So to me on the worst teams. So right. I don't get it. I just don't get it. He, 
he, can, he, can I tell you what I think should get him? And this is just my own theory. I haven't read anybody, didn't read any articles, didn't zero research today. So I just want to tell you this is off the off the cuff and the dome. If I was uh, Matt Patricia in Detroit with one guy who uh, says he's Mr. Knee Brace, uh, another guy who is rookie but who's you know not, he, he's hurt right now, does Detroit have any cap space? Because that that might be somebody where he could go. I don't sure. I'm not sure if that's the case, but. Throwing it out there. He's a bell cow back. I mean, just like every single team could use him. I mean, there's, there's, there's the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally, like, name teams. There's only a few of these kind of backs in the NFL. To me, he's, I mean, he's as valuable as they get. He's underpaid. <laughs> he's underpaid. Duke Johnson makes more than he does. That's, that's, that's sick. That's sick. Yeah. 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 Jordan I think you Howard. Need to have a yards per dollar start category for you. Like how many yards people are making compared to how much they're actually putting out. You know, he'd be in the top probably, not making a lot. Rookie deal. Yeah. So, I mean, enough about that, dude. Well, I, I say still draft him in the 10th because I believe he will get picked up. And I believe if you get Leonard Fournette and he's on the Patriots and you got him in the 10th round. Yeah. Um, you know, that could be a league winner. So why not go ahead and waste your 10th round draft pick on him? Um, the other, the last guy that we wanted to highlight before we got into. Um, can I, can I share something from, yeah. from the, uh, the, 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 the tweeters out in Periscope? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So S Bonham 22 says only three RBs have finished top 12 in PPR each of the last three years, Zeke, Kamara and Fournette. So, you know, interesting stat. If it's true, I'm not doubting it, but I'm just saying, yeah, Fournette isn't trash. I think he I play injured. a lot of Dynasty, and and he is being trashed in Dynasty because he didn't get his his option picked up. You know, he he the the fifth year option's gone. This was his last year, and so immediately they, they're like, he's a dead guy running. They're either going to use him or they're going to lose him. And as soon as Jay Gruden came in there, it became apparent that Jay Gruden was going to lose him. I mean, I, everything I heard was like him and Chris Thompson were out like, you know, swinging at nightclubs together. And him and Chris Thompson were like sharing playbooks together and like eating spaghetti together and like eating meatballs and shit. Like I didn't hear anything about him and Fournette. So, you know, it, it's not a surprise to me uh, completely. I was off of him. And uh, this is not an I told you so, but this is – you know, a dynasty, a win for dynasty. But really, I think it's a value play for anybody, like you said, who can pick him up in the 10th. So when everyone's congratulating themselves on, like, calling it, you swoop in, get the value way, way late in your draft. I love that strategy. Yeah, um, yeah I might steal him from you, too. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, 2018, he was he played half the season. So I don't know what he's well, he talking had a, about. He had a high ankle sprain, I think, to start the season. I, I mean, I, he was just gutting it out that year he was he was really injured his wheels were injured right so right um but he was he had 1300 yards from scrimmage in 2017 his rookie year 10 touchdowns 600 in eight games over 600 in eight games so he's on pace for over 1200 and then yeah. last year he had 1600 yards from scrimmage you know and he only oh. had three touchdowns if he if he had had five more touchdowns you're talking about you know top four top three i mean he yeah. he was he and that's still not a lot like aaron jones had 19 you know what i mean so right. um if you put him on the packers for instance yeah. um oh, oh oh he should get him yeah i hope he gets him then he'll have so many guys who look great in shorts i mean great yeah 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 <laughs> now they're good the 
Bucks team. They're good on guys with big thighs. So. Oh, I like that. Guys with big thighs.com. Um, Mike Com- coming soon. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm going to put that up with the Green New Deal and all the other stuff in hot yeah, topics. Yeah, I mean, hand size might be one thing, but what about circumference of thigh? I might want to get down there and just get that tape measure. How big's that thigh you're working with? You know what I mean? Yeah, trash can thighs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. AJ Dillon, he'll be in the next uh, set of rounds for sure uh, for me. So we'll talk about trash can thighs there. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, the last thing we have to talk about, we kind of teased it a bunch. Well, no, no, no. Uh, we have one more player. Uh, that, oh, yeah, who's your, that, I'm sorry. Well, it's your guy too. It's both our guys. Uh, oh, so yeah. we're, we're simpatico again. It's Damian Harris. Uh, yes. we're, sorry. we're, we're throwing out Sony, Michelle, take out the trash. That guy's trash, not as a person, but as a yards per carry, as he, he's the guy who gets hit by a breeze and falls over in the backfield. I don't know how he got goal line carries last year. Sony, Ridiculous. Sony Michelle had an ACL tear in high school. He uh, injured his knee in the SEC championship game in 2017. In 2018, he had a knee fluid procedure. In 2019, he had a knee scope. And in two, 2020, he had foot surgery. So I don't know <laughs> why, why he's. I don't get where ECR. What does Edwin is. think about him? Edwin probably does not like him at all. I don't get why ECR has him ahead of Damian Harris, especially like right now when everything you're hearing out of camp is that Damian Harris is splitting first team carries with this guy, and that Belichick has historically redshirted so many so many guys on his team, and he has done that with including redshirt running backs, James White and Shane Vereen. So those are guys. I remember. Them. Yeah, the, those those are guys. And they're they're like the exact same situation. They're all all guys that were drafted similar rounds. Yeah. Um, they end up not playing their first year because Belichick wants them to have all the abilities as the pass catching back to pick up, you know, pick up blitzes, do all the things that they need to be able to do. And yeah. Damian Harris, to me, is a steal in these rounds. And you can get him later, um, depending on who's in your league. But in our league, it's going to be one of us who gets this yeah. guy. Yeah. It will. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing. I, I, um, I you don't, I, I'm not in a big into like, you know, me, 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 call my shots. I'm the man. I don't kind of do scoreboards that much. But I was in a best ball draft with my man, uh, Denny Carter. He invited me in from the Patreon league that we're in, that he, you know, the Patreon that he runs, I'm, I'm in. He just put something out there. He said, anybody want to be in it with him? Just testing the waters, just seeing how it goes. He drafted Sonny Michelle in the eighth round, I think, and uh, I just kind of made fun of him on Twitter. Just kind of told him, like, yeah, hey, bro, that's kind of trashy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then actually it led to a discussion, and uh, he asked me to send him something, and then he shared what I thought on the podcast, which was cool, because it was about Damian Harris. And it was about me saying on his podcast that I thought Damian Harris was going to get the reps this year. So Michelle was not going to get 200 carries. I said, I think he's going to get under 100. I bet you get 65 if he gets 70. You know, And I think my man Damian Harris is going to get upwards of 200. 210 maybe that that would be for me now they might not all come beginning of the season maybe they come more stretched out to the end but i think belichick rides him with cam and they have a number one running back this year and not overall but for them he's their number one running back this year i really i really believe in that um and i called it back in in you know long time ago so i'm excited about that i got one right hopefully we'll see if he pans out and it could just be nothing but um so that's my guy. yeah well since you're tuning your own horn here's one 
to with Zappa your buddy. Visa. Good call. Um, thank, thank you. Yeah. So let's uh, let's tight end let's, talk. We want to tuck into the tight end. Yeah. Yeah. We just got it. We got to do it. Um, I, I mean, like tight ends. Yeah. There's there's a bunch of guys. Um, guys I, I want to tuck into. You know. These are these are big men. These the are tight end. They yeah. These are big men, and they're guys yeah. you want to, you know you want to get into a bar fight with these are these are On your guys side. not, not yeah. against no not against not no. against so um no. yeah we, i got i got one two three four five six seven guys that i think are worth talking about um that's a that's a that's a gangbang bro yeah it's, <laughs> it's a good it's tight end gangbang <laughs> I um I, guys. I I don't know if we're gonna be able to go through all of them. I'll just say uh, for me the first one <laughs> the first one I'm picking in this round is T.J. Hawkinson. Where where are you at with him? I I think you're you're nervous about him because of his ankle injury. You know I did update the ranks. I'm only a few uh, picks behind. I I put Noah Fan in front of him. Um, you know. I, the thing about TJ Hawkinson, I have him on my Scott Fishbowl League team, so I do like him a lot this year. That the, the the stories are in camp, he's tearing up, he's unguardable, no one can touch him, he's crushing it. Matt Stafford looks great, I love that. Um, but I just don't know with an injury, you know that that I'm not off of him. I actually think in the ninth round, tenth round, he's a good value. Um, but I'm just I'm also if I if I draft Hawkinson, I'm also going to pick up another one of the guys we kind of mentioned in the lower tier coming back around because I can't trust him to be my my number one all year. I drafted him last year in the league. He did great week one and he got a concussion. I just dropped him. He got somebody else. So yeah, um, yeah. Tight ends you can stream. Tight ends do come out of nowhere. I think this year though, like no other year, we are on to tight ends. Like you're not sneaking Janu Smith by anybody you're not going to be getting austin hooper in the you know 14th round i mean the, you you put and i love this your seven guy you know train uh, as you could say uh all in a row and i yeah. think that's very indicative of what happens in these leagues is that people go on runs and i was in a, a, a draft today six tight ends went in a row and i thought one more we got a mike collins special didn't yeah. happen but when it does, I'll let you know. And if you have a league where you've had a Mike Collins special, that's seven guys in a train. You send that to me. <laughs> so, and that's the thing. There's there's a quarterback train going on in round six through eight, and True. It, True. this is the tight end train. And it's the last. It's it should be you know the last position that you're filling up. You know, right. um, you could potentially not have a quarterback here, and you could still get. Um, Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, you know, Cam Newton, whoever. But now you have to fill up this position. So I say, you know, go back to back, you know, rounds nine and yeah. 10, go back to back. I put Hawkinson. I think, I think it's a bold, I think it's, you know, I haven't tight end eight. I think it's a bold. It's, it's, it's a lot different than how he played last year. It's I, I'm strictly going off the camp hype too. There is a lot of camp hype on him, and I think people are worried about the ankle injury because uh, there was a report. The offensive coordinator, um, Daryl Bavell, said he's not 100%, right? That's that's the word that you're hearing about his ankle. Well, that report was that, – that somehow that's stuck with him. That was in June that they were saying that. You know, he injured his ankle on Thanksgiving – and according to Hawkinson, he is a hundred percent. 
he there he's not saying he's not 100 percent. this is what he said he said uh he's 100 percent, but basically it's in his consciousness you know so it's not like it's affecting him but he just because it's it was, hanging around it's in his head but he's not doing anything different he's just um you know yeah i saw a picture of the injury it definitely it didn't look good um right. but again you're hearing all that camp hype i just i look at him uh where all these guys that were for me that i'm ranking up until gronk um mm -hmm. you know i have it goes tj tyler hayden hurst noah fant blake jarwin and i've sneaking him in way earlier than other people um they're all fitting into that like two to four year higby already did it that two to four year um just where tight ends really start to progress you know rookie yeah. tight ends just generally aren't that good their rookie year it's just such a highly skilled position yeah and learn then, how to block big huge men yeah right. that, you're not worried about your routes you're worried about getting off your block and getting into the second it's hard right right so yeah. um and you saw it with higby last year where he he steps up and just um you know he has that leap forward year and i just i look at TJ Hawkinson with the times that you saw him last year flash he he seemed to me to flash the hardest and um again with what everyone's saying in, in camp so I I put him as my tight end eight but I mean all these guys are very close to me like I I went Hawkinson Higby um Hayden Hurst I think Hayden Hurst again we don't know what we're going to get with him either. Um, you know, it's a brand new offense, but I'm putting Hayden Hurst, uh, you know, ahead of Gronkowski, ahead of Austin Hooper. Um, and it's because he's going to the Falcons, you know. Um, if he you also has first round draft capital, too. So that there is investment in him, uh, you know, from the Ravens that thought he would be a tight end one in their offense. Yeah, and and they just had Mark Andrews, so it's like you know he emerged as the the guy on that team, um, yeah. but Hayden Hurst is now going to the Falcons. Um, Austin Hooper, he had 195 fantasy points last year, 97 targets, 75 receptions, six TDs. He basically had the same year in 2018, 88 targets, 71 receptions, four TDs, 660 yards, 65 targets, 49 receptions in 2017. Um, the Falcons with Jacob Tammy, he had 81 targets, 59 receptions, 657 yards. Um, that's 2015. You go back to 2013, 2012. These are Tony Gonzalez years. Oh. Tony Gonzalez had 121 targets, 83 receptions, 859 yards. And yeah, he's not going to be Tony Gonzalez, but it just, it's a team. Matt Ryan likes to throw to his tight end and they, they need him to do well. So to me, he has, he has a lot of upside and it's just, it's built on that offense. Um, if I'm, well, Eighth round. So, I mean, you're preaching to the guy who has him in a whole other tier. So, I'm, I'm with you. I love his upside. Yeah. If But if I'm picking the best tight end out of all these guys and who I think could be the best 
tight end out of all these young guys over the course of his career, it's Noah Fant. Yeah. I love Noah Fant. That guy, to me, looks like he is going to be the truth. Yeah. Um, I, and, and so how, how is he fitting into your, um, you know, these nine through 11 rounds? Yeah. So the way that I rank him, I, I agree with you too. Um, and I haven't talked about him a lot on Twitter or anything, you know, um, I begrudgingly have Evan Ingram ranked above him. I, his potential is through the roof if he's healthy. I don't know if he's going to be healthy. He's not somebody I've ever drafted, nor will I, but he comes after him and he comes before Hawkinson, one spot before Hawkinson kind of, you know, right in that mix. Uh, it's between both of them. If, if one of them's gone, I'm getting the other one. Uh, that's for sure for me. Uh, I have Austin Hooper after them. Um, but then, you know, we kind of get into this kind of some of the same guys, Gronkowski, Gusecki, um, you know, but I really do like fan. I think that uh, Cortland Sutton is is a beast in that offense. And, uh, you know, people like to, to dump on Drew Locke. I, I watched a video and it wasn't a hype video, but it was just a, a video of some of his better throws last year, about five of them on a little uh, uh, Twitter video. And there's a, some really incredible throws he made. And they weren't like all for touchdowns and stuff, but they were like pinpoint accurate. Like you saw the skill on display. If he really did spend time getting coached up, I know his he's got some offensive line issues that they're working through, and uh, maybe they're not going to be stellar this year. And they're in a tough division. But I do think that Noah Fant stands to benefit the most from an improved Drew Locke because he's somebody who did build rapport at the end of the season with him. And I, I think he's going to be a breakout as well. So. So, I mean, for me, the only reason why I don't have him ranked, you know, into the eighth round is just the cons on him to me are, yeah, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay. Like, yep, yep, yep. That is a lot of volume. And it's not, you know, I put Blake Jarwin way up there and he's in that same situation. But you're now you're dealing with a really high powered, effective offense, whereas this offense, we don't know. So, um, right. we, I, I just, here's what I do know. This is what I like. I, I, I have Evan Ingram up there. I love Evan Ingram when he's on the field. And it, it, to me right. is, is maybe the, the best tight end in the league. Um, as far as his skill set. uh, I think Noah Fant is, he's the same thing and maybe he's a little bit bigger too. Um, yeah, he's a little taller, I believe. Yeah. He's an inch taller. Evan Ingram is the fastest tight end in the league. He runs a four four three forty. So that's ridiculous. Guess yeah. Guess who's next? It's Noah Fant. He, nope. I, I, you know, maybe there's some bench guys that could do it, but Noah Fant is two tenths of a second faster than all these other guys we're naming. He runs a four five forty. So that was the fastest in the 2019 combine for any tight end. Um, and four five forty. You're, you're talking about you know like. Leonard Fournette times, you know, um, you're talking about CD lamb time. That's, that's yeah. four or five As a tight end, as a tight end, as a six, four, 250 pound man. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that that would, uh, constitute what Pete Overzet would say as a grown ass man. He's very yeah. grown. Yeah. He's a grown ass man. Um, yeah. so I put Blake Jarwin next. Um, you know, what, what can you say? I mean, it's just, it, it's, I put I took him and then I took Gronk back to back. You know, um, yeah. I think the upside is there with Blake, and I just think with Gronk, um, you'll get some touchdowns for sure. 
Gronk is chasing history. He's already third all-time in TDs. Um, if you look at what he averages for his career, and it's kind of like, you know, he's had nine seasons, kind of like every other year. But if you do the math, he's averaging around 90 targets, 60 receptions, 850 yards, nine TDs. That's that's a, that's a tight end, you know, top three right there. So, um okay. Yeah, I will take I will take Gronk as well. Um, if I have another good tight end to pair him with, um, mm-hmm. because I think he's he's chasing, you know, he's chasing numbers now too. So I, I think he's only thirty one years old. He sat out all last year. I I don't see why he he can't put up some big numbers in the in Bruce Arians' offense. So I I, I agree. Well, let, let's let's end on him. Uh, in that tier, I think that's a good place to end. And uh, you know, I'll say one of my favorite events from last year when he was not playing was uh, him doing the New Year's Eve with Steve Harvey, uh, and uh, they made a nice Lego head of Steve Harvey. It took hours to make this Lego head. And my favorite clip, you know, kind of put out there as well, is Gronk taking the head. He's got a, like a he has like an old school leather football helmet on. Looks like a Notre Dame guy from like 1950. He takes the the, the, the thing and uh, his head and then he goes oh Gronk spike <laughs> spikes it on the ground and Steve Harvey couldn't be more angry he could not be more angry because they made it for him like it was he was gonna take it home it was special for him and his family and Gronk just spiked it on the ground and uh, with that I'm gonna do a little spiking of my own right now I got this in the mail today from someone I'm not gonna show their address because that's not appropriate but Let's just say their name is Pete Manzanelli. And uh, if, if you're a fan of, of Pete Manzanelli, like I am, you know, this is a very exciting little minute here. Uh, I got something in an envelope, special. It's heavy. It's weighted. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Hold on. Oh, look at this, boys and girls. I got me a man's coin for my man Pete Manzanelli, a.k.a. Pete Overzet. Love that guy. Uh, on the back shelf there, I do have his bitch monkey that I'm sending him. It's a trade. It's some be- beer for, for stuff trade. And uh, he's got the number and then the signature. This is man's coin lit number 153. I, I-, I feel very special right now. I wanted to drop that on here because, you know, Pete Overzet is a personal hero of mine. Uh, and this bitch is going to win me a million dollars because I'm going to rub it every day before I put my DFS lineups in. Uh, I might let you touch it at the draft. I'll bring it to the draft on, on Sunday for sure to show everyone that I'm better than them. And uh, thanks for letting me do that, Pete. I appreciate that, buddy. Yeah, I think um, I think the man coin is uh, a really well-placed um, product to be part of the tight end gangbang episode. So. He would be all over that. And yeah. and and when he was done, and when we all were done, we, we would jump in with a little Bose Hot Box Batch Hot Sauce. That shit's hot. And I have about 12 of these that I'm planning on giving away over the course of the next couple of weeks. And, and as we get into the NFL season, uh, we, we have uh, lots of podcasts coming out, different platforms, different things. I'm giving these away. I already gave one away to my man, Mike, the Ralph Macho. Uh, up at his house. How you doing? How you enjoying dude, the hot box, my friend? Dude, I am I, I, I'm so grateful that you came over and brought that into my life. I mean, I'm putting that in between a game changer and a life changer. 
it's it's in between those two things. I mean, I put it on everything. It's not. I'm not. Uh, it, it's part of what I do. I put it on my breakfast and I put it on my dinner. Yeah. 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 It is the best hot sauce around. And you know what? Shout out. I'm doing a competition with a bunch of friends. It's not a competition. It's like a best ball league. But uh, next or this Thursday, uh, we are going to be doing a little draft streaming. Check out Scott Fish's uh, tweeter this this day. He uh, tweeted out a little while ago the link from my girl Faith. She's one of my favorite people. Uh, we're doing a, a league. Uh, my man Fancy Stoner is in there. Bo is in there, the hot box man himself. Uh, lots of other great people in there. I'm honored to be in this group of people. And Thursday night, we're going to be eating – wings drenched in all these hot sauces i got the last dab from from the hot ones i'm gonna be drenching my wings in that and those bad boys it's gonna be intense so this thursday uh, i think it's 8 30 look for the tweets it's gonna be on uh all the periscopes we're gonna be rocking it out please come and stay for that i'll be eating a bunch of the bows bunch word, of bows word word all right well what you want to do three tweets Let's rock. Let's rock some three tweets. Yeah, man. I think I'm ready to roll with this. All right. I just sent you mine. All right. I'm gonna pull it up. Little show production value. Bam, 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 bam. All right. Here we go. Here we go again. Yeah. All right. Bringing up the tweet deck, Mr. Ralph Macho. I see you there. All right. Let's go with you, Mr. JJ Zacharyson. Yep, this is uh, the perfect tweet for this episode. JJ right, Zacharyson, perfect tweet. This is a perfect, perfect tweet. All the speculation about where Leonard Fournette could go, this entered into my mind, but it was, wasn't quite as well worded as this. Mr. Zacharyson tweets, one place Leonard Fournette could go to see could go to and see immediate volume is Jacksonville. <laughs> right? I mean, what better team for him to go to? Like, what team needs a running back more than Jacksonville? I just, I mean. <laughs> I love JJ Zachary's and he wins Twitter. For today, that's outstanding. That's the best. Did I already win three <laughs> tweets? Is that the winner? I mean, you yeah. gotta hear yours. Yeah, well, we'll I locked see. it up. We'll All right, I'll, I'll send you my second tweet while you give me yours. Dude, he he almost has ten thousand likes on this bad boy. I love that. That's my man JJ, killing it. All right, so for mine, the one I sent you is um, we'll pull it up together. Um, it is a video. And for some reason, my tweeter's not bringing it up, but we'll, we'll try it anyway. Um, okay. All right. All right, here we go. It is the video of a guy running around a yard, and it's from Chubbsburger, my man, at Chubbsburger on the tweeters. I, I'm also part of a, a group of men with Jason Sarney called the Fancy Football Friars. Uh-huh. Uh, we are accepting, uh, you know, videos of funny people who want to be in our group. We're an, you know, all-inclusive group. If you're funny, you're in. And the way you get in is, you know, we, we have to make fun of you and stuff like that, of course. But what you do is you kind of can make fun of yourself and get in like this friend does. Uh, and and so you you have the video up and running. He he's uh, in the in the the corral, we can say. Yeah, I have it. You ready? Here we go. Okay. Whoa, 
Oh, on the podcast, he's running around like a horse, jumping. Jumping over one foot horse jumps, and he's got his beer. And he's wearing a hamburger shirt. You could switch that out with your Biggie shirt. (laughs) So he has a cheese. His name is Chubbs Burger. He has like a shirt that's a big cheeseburger. Uh, The funniest part of the video is when in the beginning, as he goes to jump over the first hurdle, he screams out something. I don't. It's inaudible. But as he does it, he misses the jump and falls flat on his face. Uh, Hurts his ankle. Hurts his knee. It's it's funny. Uh, so, you know, Jason and I have definitely, we're, we're sending him his, let's say his man's coin, his friar's coin, whatever we're going to do, because uh, this guy is killing it. So I just wanted to share that because it's something funny. Uh, I think you you win just on sheer irony. I think the irony uh, of that just is overwhelming me to the point where it's one of the funniest things I've, I've seen in like weeks. If mm-hmm. not, I, I'm going to have to DM him and just tell him how funny it is after this podcast because Dude, that is hilarious. Yeah. You win. You win. Okay. Um, I just sent you mine. Uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's LeBron James, and he is uh, going bald as he does during <laughs> NBA games. And right. when his hair gets wiped away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't understand. Um, I don't understand what happens to him during games. And, uh, you know, Twitter, the internet is undefeated. They, they took, uh, they took his bald spot and they drew in that famous face from, I think it's like Vincent Van Gogh or Pablo Picasso where it's like, like the alien man face and he's just like holding screaming yeah he's like holding his mouth yeah that uh that made me giggle today when i saw that and uh yeah i i, I thought lebron had solved his you know his balding during games thing and <laughs> i guess he is not he is still dealing with baldness during games <laughs> but not baldness later. <laughs> oh man, he looks so good, man. Like, yeah, he go, goes back in there and he throws some uh I don't know, pepper on it. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> it's it's hair in a can, bro. I watched the infomercials in the nineties. Is he got yeah. that Steven Seagal hair in a can stuff? Man, I I could use some. Because <laughs> yeah. he looks fantastic when he gets out there and he's got his suit on and pre you know, when he when he gets out of the stadium, when he's walking into the stadium. He does not look like he has the ghost face man in his head, but <laughs> by about the third quarter, that dude shows up. And maybe that's his secret power. I don't know. He's got he's got a little extra oomph in his bump, you know. Yeah, I'll, I don't know. Uh, well, whatever, the, the whatever, whatever hairspray he's using is legit, though. 
that <laughs> Steven Seagal stuff. The ozone layer is depleting around him as he as he you know puts his hair on. I mean, well, if I if I saw that and I didn't know, you know, that this happens to LeBron James, I would be so scared. Like I would be like, if my friend just played basketball and then midway through the game their hair fell out like that, I would be like, did you get radiation poisoning? Like what <laughs> is going on, bro? We got to go to the emergency room. Like what happened? Oh. <laughs> the, there's a picture of it next to it. So the tweet has the picture of the ghost, you know, on the head zoomed up. And then you can go over to the tweet. And I'm doing this on uh, YouTube if you're watching uh, on, on the uh, podcast. I'm sorry. Go look it up on Twitter. But the best part is when you can see his regular head without the ghost on it, it still looks like there's a ghost on it. Like they didn't put that much stuff on it. <laughs> I can, I'm squinting. I still see that ghost. It's no, yeah. once you see it, you can't unsee it. Like it's there now. Never. Never. It's haunting me. Yeah. Without seeing it, it's there forever, and it's hilarious. I, you, you're killing the three tweets, man. Yeah. I know this episode is is lingering into the you know the, the next day, but uh, I'm I, I'm loving it, and uh, yeah, I think that was uh, well played, sir. Well well done. Well. Thank you, my friend. Another uh, episode five is in the books. We've we've given you a lot of good guys, I think, through these 11 rounds. And we still have one more episode to go. So we're going to do 12 through 14 and really get into those late round flyers, sleepers, um, Break you know, breakouts. Yeah, I mean, there's still some guys that could win you your league, I think, in these next few rounds. So. Um, yeah, that's, that's all next of our week. picks are up. All of our picks are up on the fantasymillionaires.com. Go check it out. Rounds one through 11. Mike and I, they're up there right now. If you want to just kind of see where we stand uh, at the end of this next week after we release them all, I'm going to put the composite up there and you can just kind of see, it, it, you know, end of the season, not end of the season, but kind of like, you know, the mid where we are in the middle. So that's coming next Monday. Yeah. Well, this episode with, uh, Mr. Zacharyson's tweet should get five of them, but it, it at least gets one. So and one and one from me as well, sir. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have been talking a lot. So I wanted to say, go talk to me. All right. Knock it off. Yeah. Well, all I'm going to say is, you know, you should go subscribe on YouTube. You should go follow us on Twitter. You should follow us at FF Millionaires on Twitter. You should follow us on Stitcher. Subscribe on Stitcher. You should subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You should subscribe on Google Play. You should subscribe on every single format that we provide the content for. You need this, man. You need this. Check out the website, too, thefantasymillionaires.com. It's tight. Oh, it's tight. We're, we're putting stuff up there new every, every day. It's, yep. it's going to be awesome. And also, check out Nimble with Numbers and my man Bo. He's on there. I also have a Friends with Benefits page on there. My guys. So my guy C.D. Carter's on there. My guy Nick from Big Dogs is on there. I got my other man Pete Davidson from Rotobond is on there. And, of course, Bo the Hotbox Man is on there. So we're trying to spread the love across Fancy Twitter. We love all the guys we talk about, and we're building relationships with you all. Have a great draft. If you're drafting between now and then, get your guys, win your league. Tell us about it. Peace. Peace out.